The text for the sermon this morning is Psalm 131. Psalm 131. And there we read uh, God's word as follows, a song of a sense of David, it says above the psalm. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty, neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. So far the text, I now ask Reverend Bedard to come forward to deliver the sermon. Dear brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, it is not always easy to keep calm. Do you always succeed in keeping your heart at peace? For most of us, it is a real struggle. Often we are tossed around by the waves of our emotions. One day, we are happy and joyful, and the very next day, we find ourselves frustrated and discouraged. Our daily lives are often like turbulent waters. How often can you say that your lives are calm and quiet as described in this Psalm 131? David wrote this psalm to express the calmness that God poured into his heart. The Holy Spirit gave this psalm to the church in order to change the turbulent waters of our souls into peaceful waters. In Israel, the pilgrims of the Lord ascended to Jerusalem three times a year to celebrate the great festivals of the Lord. While on their way to Jerusalem, people sang, sang the Psalms of Ascent. They sang Psalm 131 to bring calm to their tormented souls. Psalm 131 describes the pilgrim's calmness. Three great ideas stand out from this very short psalm. 
First, calmness finds its source in humility. Second, calmness rests in contentment. And third, calmness feeds on hope. So let us look at the first point. Calmness finds its source in humility, and we find this in the first verse. In verse 1, David prays in a most remarkable way. He starts with his own heart. Lord, my heart is not haughty. David speaks to the one who knows how our, our hearts. What does having a haughty or a proud heart means? It means rising ourselves above God, trying to take God's place. It means deciding for ourselves what is good, what is bad. It means considering ourselves above others. Pride is this natural inclination that we are all born with, and which is the cause of so much affliction all through our lives. David then talks about his eyes, nor my eyes lofty. Pride comes from the heart, but it's through the eyes that pride expresses itself in a visible way. What the heart longs after, the eyes seek. It has been said that the eyes are the mirror of the soul. One single look can communicate so many different things. Anger, hatred, covetousness, jealousy. An arrogant heart looks down on others, looks at others with contempt. David's heart was not haughty, his eyes were not lofty. Yet, temptation was there, very real. He was an accomplished poet, a talented musician. He was a most formidable warrior who had won many victories. He was king of Israel. So he had all reasons to boast. But by God's grace, he kept a humble heart before his God and a meek look in his eyes before his fellow men. He was a simple shepherd during his youth, and that was fine with him. Remember when his father asked him to bring some food to his brothers on the battlefield, he went in all simplicity without any fuss. His brother, Eliab, got angry with him. He said, I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. False accusation, false witness against David. David heard Goliath, the giant, challenging Israel's God. David wanted to fight against him, not because he was seeking honor for himself, but because God's honor was being scoffed. Later in the cave, while being chased by Saul, David could have killed Saul and taken his place on the throne. Some were accusing him of being ambitious, but no, he humbly waited for God's promise 
to come true. His humility allowed him to quiet his heart in the face of adversity. When David became king later on, he knew that this honor and responsibility was bestowed upon him because of God's grace alone and not because of any merit on his part. David knew he was a sinner. He humbled himself when he sinned. He asked God to forgive his sins. David adds in verse 1 of our psalm, Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Does that mean that we should not ponder the great theological questions of the Bible? Of course not. David wanted to always increase his knowledge of the Word of God. He meditated on the Word of God on a regular basis. But you see, there are many things that God has not revealed to us. Why was David being persecuted by Saul in such a wicked way? Why, sometime later, would his own son, Absalom, rebel against him? How would the promise of a Messiah, which God had made to David, be fulfilled one day? David knew that these were matters too great, things too wonderful, too profound for him. He humbly accepted his limitations without trying to fully understand all of God's secrets. Humility allowed him to have a calm and quiet heart in the midst of all the circumstances of his life, even in the midst of all those struggles. David was the type of another king, a king who would be coming a thousand years later. Christ, our great king, the son of David, has perfectly fulfilled Psalm 131. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus' humility is the source of our rest, the source of our peace. The Apostle Paul says in Philippians 2, Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Jesus is a much more excellent king than David. He is the eternal Son of God, the Almighty, full of majesty, without any sin, unlike David. This mighty, glorious King humbled 
himself to the point of dying on the cross for our sins, for your sins, our sins of pride, our sins of arrogance. He reconciled us with God. His humility is the source of our peace with God. His humility quiets our hearts. Christ our King sends today His Spirit in our hearts so that we too become humble. He leads us to confess our sins as David did. He drives us to admit that all that we have we received by sheer grace. We cannot boast of anything. Since Christ humbled himself, we are to have the same mindset as him. Paul says in Philippians 2, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Often it is pride that causes quarrels in the church. Humility, on the contrary, is the source of our peace within us, in our hearts, and between ourselves in the church. We are pilgrims of the Lord. We are on our way to Jerusalem. Psalm 131 was given to us to help us be calm and quiet on the journey of our lives until we finally reach our ultimate destination, the New Jerusalem. Are you able to pray as David did? Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. What about all the many questions that disturb you and unsettle your souls? Why is this happening to me? Why do I have to go through this trial? Why is God sending me this disease? Why is He allowing this difficulty in my life? Why has God made events turn that way? How will God carry out His plan? While struggling with these questions, be humble and confess your limitations. Neither do I concern myself with great matters nor with things too profound for me. Study the, the Bible in earnest. Seek to know and learn all that He has revealed. But as for, as for what God has chosen to keep secret, leave it in His hands. Then God will quiet your hearts. His Spirit will bring peace to your soul. This brings us to our second point. Calmness rests in contentment. In verse 2, David keeps on praying, Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. In Hebrew, to calm means to level, as in leveling the ground. 
David leveled his emotions. He calmed and quieted his soul. He contained the turbulent waters of his life. If David needed to calm his soul, well, that means that this means that his soul must have been confused and distressed at times. Remember his anger toward Nabal. This hard-hearted and mean man refused to give some food to David and to his men. What an insult! An unsufferable affront. David has resolved to kill Nabal in order to avenge himself. He had this irresistible urge to take things in hands. It took Abigail, Abigail's providential intervention to prevent a tragedy. David had to learn to calm his soul in the face of adversity. And it was not easy. I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. This is such a, a beautiful picture. The weaning of a child is a painful process for both mother and child. Mom has to give up the close and intimate contact with her child. It is quite wrenching to deprive her child of her breast and to hear him cry and cry and cry. Her child is used to her milk. It is so good, why stop? The mother has to be strong. No, my child, this change of food is best for you. The restlessness goes on as long as the weaning process is not complete. But once weaned, the child is calm and quiet by his mother's side. The child is now peaceful, content to simply be close to his mother, fully assured of her love and tender care for him, even if he does not have access to mom's milk anymore. Psalm 131 draws a picture of what contentment means. David has to learn, he had to learn to be content. He had to be weaned from his pride. He was weaned from his desire of getting an answer to all his questions about matters too great and things too wonderful for him. He weaned his soul spiritually so to finally find rest and contentment in the Lord God himself. He was not looking for contentment in the circumstances God was sending him in his life, whether good or bad. He was looking for contentment in the character of God himself. Spiritual weaning is a painful process. David had to wait for many years before receiving the crown that had been promised to him. Without ever knowing why Saul was chasing him. And even after, after becoming king, David had to keep learning to be content. Do you recall his encounter with Shimei? 
as we read, we read about in 2 Samuel 16. David was in deep pain because of Absalom's revolt against him, his own son. Absalom entered Jerusalem with his army with the intent of usurping his father's throne. David had to flee once again. He met Shimei on the road while fleeing. This man spoke some very harsh words to David. Shimei was from Saul's clan, yet David had done no harm to Saul. Shimei said dreadful things to David. He mocked him. He spoke ill of him. He cursed him. He told him his son Absalom would be the king. He threw stones at him and at his servants. How did David react? What do you think an arrogant David would have done? What would you have done? Let's say you are a king. Let's say someone curses you without cause, throws stones to your face, speaks ill of you openly for everyone to hear. Wouldn't your emotions be similar to a roller coaster? Wouldn't you want to take things in hands? To avenge yourself, to punish the wicked, to protect your reputation? Most probably, this is what David would have done when he was younger, as he almost did with Nabal. But between the incident with Nabal in 1 Samuel 25 and the encounter with Shimei in 2 Samuel 16, there has been a weaning process. David has calmed and quieted himself. He has leveled his emotions. He has been waning from this self-centered, prideful type of reaction. His wounded ego was not the driving force of his life anymore. Listen to what he answered. What I have to do? What have I to do with you, you sons of Zeruiah? So let him curse, because the Lord has said to him, Curse David. Who then shall say, Why have you done so? David put the Lord first, before his own ego. He did not understand why she made this wicked man was acting in such a wicked way, but he did not seek to defend his personal honor anymore. He left it all in the Lord's hands. As we read in 2 Samuel 16 verse 12, it may be that the Lord will look on my affliction and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing this day. David learned to be content with God's promise for himself and for his kingdom. Facing adversity, David was able to remain calm because he had learned to rest in God's grace and love. 
1,000 years later, God's promise to David was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Christ lived perfectly what Psalm 131 describes. Jesus stilled and quieted his soul while being mocked, while being scorned, while being falsely accused. Jesus experienced intense emotions in Gethsemane. He was distressed, full of deep anxiety because of the cup of God's wrath that he was about to drink in our place. But he stilled his soul, humbly submitting to his Father's will. He simply put his trust in his Father, totally. As he was about to die for our sins of pride and arrogance, Jesus stilled his soul. The last words he uttered before dying were words of perfect trust. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He did not try to defend his reputation, to take justice in his own hands. He left everything in his father's loving hands. He found contentment in his father's promise. The promise that he would rise from the dead. The promise that he would receive an eternal throne in the kingdom of heaven. That he would reign forever and that the church would be gathered for his glory. Today Christ our King is saying to you, my grace is sufficient for you. When thorns and thistles are piercing, piercing your lives, be content in the fact that God's grace is sufficient for you. God pours His Spirit in us so that we may learn to be content. While in prison because of his faith, Paul wrote this, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. And I know how to abound everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to, to abound and to suffer need. Contentment doesn't come naturally to us. We need to learn to be content. We need to be weaned. Paul went through a weaning process before being able to rest peacefully in God in all circumstances, even while in jail for his faith. The secret for contentment does not lie in your circumstances. Too often we think that a certain number of conditions have to be met before we can reach contentment, happiness. If only I had another job, then I would be content. If only I had a husband, a wife, kids. If I had a house, if I had more money, if I had different talents, if my church was different, then I would be content. And you may add many other conditions 
that you have maybe in your mind. We must learn to say with David, I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Find contentment in God's grace toward you and in his love for you. Find contentment in his blessed presence and learn to say, I am by God's side and I am fully content and satisfied. And this brings us to our third point, calmness feeds on hope. How was David able to keep his soul calm? And we find his recipe in verse 3. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. David is now addressing Israel, but of course, he is first addressing himself. In the midst of trials, David did not gaze at himself. Rather, he lifted his gaze toward God, his God. I don't know why this is happening to me. O oh Lord, but I know that you know. Heavenly Father, I don't know what is the purpose of this trial, but I know that you have a purpose. And I know that your purpose for me and for all your children is always filled, filled with your grace and love and that somehow it is meant for my good. David went through the difficult process of weaning himself from drinking the natural milk of self-confidence and of thinking that we can get an answer to all our questions. He learned to feed on much better food, trust in God, hope in the Lord. I put my hope in the Lord and in the Lord only. Having learned this lesson for himself, David now teaches it to all Israel, to all God's people. David urges all of God's people to follow his example. You too, brothers and sisters, put your hope in the Lord. Trust in his promises each and every day of your life to the end of your pilgrimage here on earth until you enter into the new Jerusalem. Isn't that liberating? What happens when we lack confidence in God? Pride emerges again. In our hearts, we brood over, over our grudges. We are being eaten inside because of our bitterness. We seek to defend our reputation at all costs. We give our all trying to protect ourselves. We are never free to relax, never free to find contentment, to rejoice in God's grace for us. Put your hope in the Lord, that your soul might be free, that your soul might find rest. Put your hope in the one who rendered justice to David in punishing Nabal and Shimei in the one who rendered justice to Christ in rising him from the dead and giving him the eternal throne of David. Give away your case to God, put it into his hands. When your souls 
Wean your souls from the self-confidence of yours and put your trust in the Lord only. When days of trouble come, whether it be some disease, an accident, financial loss, or the passing away of a dear one, you, you still will be at peace in your heart. For sure, there will be turbulence, but you will be able to calm and quiet your soul. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We are not asking for explanations, but we look to you for our salvation. You did not promise to give us an explanation for everything, but you did promise your salvation. We will not try to understand what you have kept secret, but we will put our hope in you, assured that you will come to our help in due time. Your ways are too wonderful for us. Your perfect plan was accomplished in the life of your son in a way that no one understood at the time when it happened. We trust, Heavenly Father, that because of Jesus, your plan for our lives will be perfectly accomplished also. We abandon ourselves into your arms. Please calm, calm, calm our soul. Please come, fill our hearts with your peace. Amen. Let's sing that psalm in uh, response to the proclamation, Psalm 131. <laughs> <laughs> 